Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. It's only a game, so put up a real good fight. I'm going to be snickering you tonight. Again, and welcome to episode 147 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Zachary Adamizenhammer. And we're bringing you this podcast from down in Portland. The Whitecaps are about to wrap up their pre season camp down here. Two games in the bag so far loss against Chicago, narrow 3 2 loss. Excellent win against Portland uh, on Wednesday night, 2-0 win. Or if you read Stumptown Footy, apparently that was our first team that, that beat their third string team. One game left to go, and that's against Minnesota United on Saturday. So from what you've seen in the two games so far, Zach, how do you, how do you see the... And also the games, I guess, that, that were in Tucson. How have you seen the, the pre-season shaping up? How ready do you think the Caps are for the season ahead? Yeah, I think there's a good progression uh, to what we've seen, uh, how ready. I think this year we've seen, it's, it's almost like there's been these distractions and uh, they're like, not necessarily bad, but they're not like, they're not great. Like when you, so you got players going away for the birth of their, their kids, which is awesome, an awesome life thing. And will hopefully be a, a positive thing as they, uh, as they move forward, but it's probably not the greatest for continuity and and chemistry and uh, like on pitch chemistry and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, I think it's a it's a little bit a little bit of a, a broken up preseason, and then just injuries, uh, footballing and non footballing type injuries that we've <laughs> that we've that have kept people from from having that time on the pitch. I'm a little bit uh, a little bit concerned about that, but um, no, I think Wednesday was really enjoyable. Wednesday was yeah, Portland was playing. Uh, it seems like their depth is a, depth is a lot weaker than ours, and so it was good to see uh, um, our side kind of come out and uh, have a lot of spells where they 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 dominated play, and there was some some good attacking play from our players that day, and uh, finished a couple of good good goals, a couple of good chances, and it was just a, I thought Wednesday was a really really positive positive day for us. As you said there, from what we've seen in pre-season so far, and we kind of knew it as Robo was assembling the squad, the depth this year, it's the best best we've ever had in the MLS era. It's going to make competition for places huge. And it has been weird that some of the players that you're maybe expecting to play together, like Kendall and Tim Parker, haven't played along, alongside each other that much. And some of the players aren't clicking yet. And obviously there's still time. One of the things for me is like Kristen Bolaños and Pedro Morales, when they played together against Chicago, they kind of looked not on the same page. Mm. And they were experimenting a little bit with Pedro playing the deeper role when there is a good chance with Gershon moving on and some injuries and stuff that he might play that deeper role a little bit more this season. Do, Do you see them clicking? Do you think it's just a matter of time? Or is there concerns there that there's maybe... They're just two playmakers that maybe can't play on the pitch at the same time. 
Yeah, I, I think that is part of the concern from this this preseason. Is this not enough where we have had everyone together, everyone healthy, and all the all the options working out? And you're right. Yeah, the, the, the what we have seen is we have seen it, it not be as co- cohesive a unit as we'd we'd like to see. And yeah, it's preseason or whatever, and and hopefully it gets worked out. But it, it's difficult when you're not drawing from a full deck, right? And so. Um, this next week, I think, will be interesting. You have cap compliancy dates. You have, you know, first kick coming up. You have all these different things. There, there are probably going to be some. We expect there to be some movement with our with our roster, and uh, it's going to be interesting. But yeah, it will be how Robbo gets the best out of the players he has is going to be is I think still is going to be interesting, and, and I think that's still not fully fully worked out. Yeah, whether Pedro's playing a deep-lying role next to Matias and and uh, Christian's centrally, or is he is he, wi- uh, um, is he, is he wider? Um, uh, Christian Bolaño, sorry. There's a lot of there's a lot of things there. Kakuta, even like, uh, you know, he still seems like he's laboring a bit with issues from last year. So it's going to be interesting to see how how it kind of all comes together and, and will it, what it will look like when it comes together on March 6th and, and how much pro- progressing will still need to take place after that. It's definitely an exciting time. And I mean, even formation isn't nailed down yet because he's been playing 4-1-4-1 in the game so far down here in Portland. You, you've got the option of maybe going 4-4-2, I, I still have this kind of thing in my head that for the home games especially, and he hasn't really been experimenting with this, so it, it would be a, a big jump to do this, but he might go with the two players up front. And from what we've seen so far, Blas Perez has really impressed. And Octavio Rivero, I was having a little bit of doubts about that maybe he's going to lose his place as a starter, but he's definitely getting challenged and got the goal against Portland on Wednesday by being selfish and doing something that he hasn't he needs to do more of and, and be selfish out there. Do you see him going with the, the one-striker option, at least to start with, and do, do you see being Rivero with Perez being the guy that, that comes off the bench? If you mess with the bull, you get the horns. I, 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 think, it's, um, I, think, it's gr- I think it's great that we have different options up front with players that are quite a bit different. And so uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to those times where we are going to play too, whether it's from the start of a match or if it's later on in the match. And I think Octavio, I think would be will be starting on on, on first kick. I, I could be wrong, but I I would see him kind of starting. I thought his goal was uh, a quality quality finish, a really good finish. It, it showed, I think that he was confident and uh, yeah, and like you said, not not he didn't he didn't hold it up or didn't look, didn't look to play someone else in and um, but just yeah, took the chance really well. And I think he's. I think he's in good mood. I think he's in good form. I think he's um, excited about the, uh, about just talking to him briefly. I think he's excited about the year and what it has in store. And um, Blas Perez is, uh, from a footballing standpoint, is a really a really great addition to our squad. I think he he gives us a lot. We saw today even in training where, yeah, he's just quality finisher. Like put him in the spot and he will finish. And um, yet he can play off of him. Uh, he can hold up well. And it will be interesting. That, that is where we haven't seen it very much, but it will be interesting to see if we do play with two up top and he is one of those two and, and, and what space that creates and what opportunities that creates because of his presence. An interesting thing with Perez is Robbo has got him as a roommate for Octavio Rivero and he said that he wants him to take Octavio under her, his wing a little bit. 
And I, I think it, it's great having him here from Octavio's perspective because it's pushing him. It's an experienced guy that's done it in MLS. And something which Robo also said was, in the past, players maybe feel that they need a little bit of help, but they don't want to go to ask the coaching staff because it maybe shows a little bit of sign of weakness. But when you put players like that together, you've got another player that you can ask for help or how should I do this? I'm struggling with this. The league's causing me these problems. And I, I think Blas could actually be the, the guy that helps unlock Rivera to his full potential. Yeah, yeah just like the one Pablo and Hell videos from last year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the in, in person, uh, Blas Perez helped. Yeah, no, I think you can never, you can never discount the... Um, the significance of those of, of the relationships that our players have, uh, with whether it being roommates or the the clusters that have formed that they connect in and that they hang out in, and how those how both the, the morale that comes from that, but also just yeah the, the the growing in the game, right? And and you see it with you've seen it we've seen it with our younger players and how they've been roomed with older players and that kind of stuff. You know the the the, the, the most maybe obvious example is Kakuda and and Um but. Um, yeah, it can be the same for uh, you know Octavio Rivera with uh, you know Blas Perez, who's ten years older than him or whatever. So I mean, we've talked about the strikers, we've talked about the midfield. Perhaps the the biggest choices that's facing Robo right now is in the defence, which is strange considering how good the defence was last year. But he's wanted to have at least two players in every position challenging. Obviously, David Oust is the goalkeeper, but the fullbacks. You've got two interesting battles. You've got Fraser Aird and Jordan Smith on the right. You've got Sam Adekugbe and Jordan Harvey on the left. Now, from what I've seen so far, I thought Jordan Smith had the right-back position to lose, but to me, I think Fraser Aird has come in, and I think he's won it off him. It, it, it does appear that way, although I thought Jordan had a really good game on Wednesday. Again, you can talk about the quality of the opposition, but I thought he played really well, both coming forward and defending, although uh, Davies did help him out a lot, yeah, a lot in defending. I don't think he tracked back enough, and there was a couple of times he'd gone forward, and he made no effort, because I was, I was watching him, and he made no effort to try and get back. Is that because he knew Davies was covering from them? <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I just I thought I thought on the whole it was uh, he had a, he had a good performance on on uh, on Wednesday. I think that that what Friedrich has done, yeah, is exactly what you want. Like this is a, this is a, a a prime example of what you want in your football club. You want to have quality players, and then you want to bring in quality players who will push them. So, uh, despite what everyone, everyone else might think or say, Robbo, I think, rates uh, Hakeem. He rates Jordan Smith. Thought he's a good option for us at right back, but said we need to bring in someone who's going to challenge him. Brings in Frazier Aird. Frazier challenges him to the point where, yeah, maybe it looks like maybe he's overtaken him and we'll, we'll start on, on, on opening day. Um, and that's that's amazing. It's great. This is what we want to see. We, like you said, we want to see this in every position. And and you talk about even the depth. I think one of the great things to, to, to see when you look back over the last five six seasons in MLS is you. I think every year people keep saying the same thing. Oh, our depth is so great. It, it's so much better. And then next year, oh, our depth's even better than last year. And like you know, it, so hopefully it is, and hopefully that'll be that'll, be, that'll show in the season because I think it did show last year. Uh, it, Maybe not as much as we would have wanted, but I think it did show last year that our depth was uh, was a step above where it was the year before. But um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's great to see what what uh, 
the attitude and the mentality and the effort that um, Frazier has put in and coming and fighting for his spot. And, and then, like you said, it's mirrored on the other side where you have Sam and Jordan battling it on, on, on the left side and, and even amongst the center backs. Like, yeah, there's huge competition for places. Christian Dean has just been great. Uh, good, good attitude, uh, and good, good effort, good performance. Like, it's, it's encouraging to see kind of what's happening at the back. I was just actually remarking about that training today. Christian Dean looks so much happier this season. I mean, he didn't look unhappy last season, but he, he's just his whole demeanour and everything about him. He's enjoying himself. He's enjoying his football. He's enjoying his time here. He's playing with a big smile on his face. And it was interesting that he played a lot of the preseason minutes beside Kendall. And I don't think we can read too much into that. Tim Parker's obviously going to be, be the starter back there, at least for first kick. But there is a chance that Tim Parker is going to be involved with the American under-23 games against Colombia at the end of March, which is going to take him away. There's probably going to be a camp before that as well. So I think it's good to have had Dean playing alongside Kendall for, for this time. And I've, like, all four of the main centre-backs, and you can also throw Cole Silen in there as the fifth one, but the four of them, I mean, I thought Ka was outstanding on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Pick any two of those four, and I, I'm actually really happy with it. Yeah, I think Ka does really well in games in Portland. He enjoys it. Um, yeah, he looked good. He looked, he looked, he looked like he was enjoying his football. He was really happy to play. Yeah, and it's exciting that when you have so many uh, quality center backs. Again, it'll be interesting to see how that works with uh, w, uh, WFC two this year. Uh, who's going to get minutes there? What's that going to look like? Because uh, when you talk about WFC two, you're talking development. So. Uh, I mean, I'm still thinking, what's the future for for Jackson? Uh, I know it's been a long, long haul for him, kind of at that level. But um, uh, it's like one of those, one or two of those guys will be partnering him probably a lot this year. And talking to Tim Parker, I got a chance to speak to Tim just about being away with his first American camp and looking forward to these qualifiers with Colombia and possibly going to play in the Olympics. Also asked him as well about whether he feels there's more expectation on him now after a stellar rookie season is everyone expecting him to this and does he feel the pressure of that or could we possibly have one of these sophomore slumps so let's hear a little bit now from Tim Parker Uh, you were away with the American camp. Mm-hmm. Had you been involved at like U twenty level or U seventeen or? I was I was in when I was younger. My last camp was when I was U eighteen. Okay. We went to Portugal for an international tournament, but that was back when I was a senior in high school. So oh, it was wow. it was a long time. So, was that a surprise to you that you got called in, or had they been keeping tabs on you for for the whole season? Um, from what I know, I I guess they were keeping tabs on me. And obviously, I guess it just timing of everything and the way things worked out was very nice to have me in on that January yeah. camp. And I mean, I was more than more than thrilled and excited to be invited. So, how, how did you find the whole experience? You, you didn't come on. No, I, I didn't get my first cap, which was a little disappointing. But it's part of the process, and I think just being involved in my first senior team camp and being with the U23 guys was a really good experience. Getting to know the guys and then. Getting to learn from some of the older guys was even better. And do you, are you eligible for the Olympic team? Yeah, yeah, yeah so I'm eligible. Have they spoken to you? Is that part of the plan that you might be involved with that squad? Or do you not know anything about that yet? Yeah, they have plans to keep okay. me with the U23 guys. I think 
they brought us they brought about 10 of us that were age eligible for the 23s into the January camp to make us kind of work with the older guys get our levels up and obviously hopefully work together as a unit in order to get rid of these for the Columbia friendlies in March. So don't want to look too far ahead but what would it mean to you to, to play in the Olympics and to see these stadiums in Brazil and yeah, I mean, uh, first we have to we have to be able to qualify. Oh so, yeah, I mean, I know. obviously, I'm right? But <laughs> yeah, I think um, it would be incredible. You know, I mean, it's one of those tournaments and events that not many people get to say that they've played in. So I think it's <laughs> I think it's just it would be an honor. So looking at White Captain, mm-hmm. you had such a good first season. Do you feel it puts extra pressure on you now going forward? That everyone's expecting you to the, to have another the fame the famous sophomore slump. Yeah. Um, I hope I hope I have some pressure because I think um, having pressure on me will help me to perform, and obviously I want to put pressure on myself to make sure I'm performing as well. But um, I don't feel any extra pressure. I think that kind of comes from myself and keeps me motivated. Is that if there's pressure from other people's eyes, that I want to make sure that I'm exceeding that their expectations, and hopefully I exceed mine as well. And the, the sort of centre backs that Carl's put together now is a really mm-hmm. strong unit. Even Cole Seller that's come in looks a really strong player. So that, that must really help just push you as well because you know you can't take it for granted because you've got guys just like you were last year just mm-hmm. itching to get in to the starting role. Right, exactly. And I think obviously bringing Carl back brings that experience and that veteran personality that he always has. And with me, Diener, and Cole, obviously we want to be pushing each other every day and making ourselves better and obviously hopefully by doing that we're going to make this team better and what what was the biggest things that you felt your your game changed last year and what do you think you need to still work on to kind of take your game to the next level now yeah I think um just reading the play reading the play staying up with the game I think changed a lot last year for me coming from college I think just making sure that I'm always involved always tuned into the game and then obviously for this year I want to be better on the ball I want to make sure that my possession is good and then obviously just having good footwork making sure that I'm in the right spots at right times and being able to put my body out there on the line when it has to be that's great thanks so much cheers So Tim Parker there, and he's confident, he wants the pressure on him, he wants to be pushed, and he's going to be pushed, because I mean, Dean and Carr are going to be breathing down the neck for those starting positions, Kendall's going to be away as well with the Costa Rican national team, he's going to miss a few games through suspension as well, I mean, that's, if anything, from the, the first game against Chicago showed, where he gave away two penalties and picked up a booking, and also got a warning that he was going in a little bit hard. I believe it seemed to be that at the end of the game. Could be another rough ride for, for Kendall with the referees this year. But you've got Parker really confident in all, all the guys, uh, as we said there. Now, Parker got his, his big break last year and he took it. Another defender that looked to have got his big break last year was Canadian, Sam Adekugbe at left-back. And Sam did well, won the starting spot at left-back from Jordan Harvey in pre-season. And then, unfortunately, with the injuries, lost his place. Jordan just never gave it up after that, and, and he was, was outstanding. Both of them have pushed really hard this pre-season. And I kind of think it's a, it's a coin flip as to which one of them is going to get the start. 
I do have a feeling, though, if you're going to have Parker and Aird as a right, that he might go for a little bit more experience with Jordan in the left-back role. Either one of them can do it, but, I mean, what, what's your thoughts on it, Zach? Do, do you think Sam's done enough to earn that start, or is it a bit of a risk having two really attacking fullbacks in the squad to, to start with? Yeah, again, it's one of those good conundrums to have as a, as a, as a coach. Um, because I think there's qualities to both of them that that are that are meaningful for depending on how you want to set things up. I I, I personally would love to see us be more attacking, um, and I think the the way we've played a little bit in this preseason has been where the attacking width has come more from the fullbacks as opposed to the wide midfielders, which has allowed guys like um, Kakuda and Christian Tachera to like be wide players that are not only getting to the to the to the touchline but also have more option to come inside which i think has created some issues for defenders um because of that the overlap and because of the the options that that has created so i'd love to see that now jordan harvey can attack as well as as well in a similar way to sam um i think your logic of uh, wanting to have uh, a veteran, maybe if you're going to have one whole side that's a little more on the younger side, wanting to have a more veteran presence on the other, makes a lot of sense, and I wouldn't be surprised if if that happens. It's interesting to hear uh, Robo talk about you know last year and how uh, you know he um, wanted to, was going to start Sam, but then started Jordan, uh, and it was probably not Jordan's best game coming off all the, the labor talks and all the things going on in his life at the time and whatever. And um, So it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. Does Sam get the start? Sam's got the new hairstyle, so he's re- he'll be ready for first kick. He's looking good. But, um, no, it, it, I think that that is one of the big questions is what's going to happen on, on at left fullback. And uh, the great thing is, I think, you know, is you're not worried. You know what I mean? You're not like, oh, no. What if he's not fit, or what if he gets hurt, or what if he gets suspended? You're like, no problem. The next guy will step up, and we'll we'll be we'll be okay. It's 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 such a good feeling at this point, and, and we have such great confidence in in, in our options. So, it, it, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I I, I think it, it probably will be Jordan, but part of me wants to like really attack Montreal, and wouldn't mind seeing Sam be that guy. If you'd asked me after Saturday's game against Chicago, I would have said I thought it was Sam. I just think the way that Jordan played against Portland, it kind of showed the value of having that experience. And you might find that you've got Parker lining up alongside him and then Kendall lining up alongside Aird on the other side. So you've got a bit of like inexperience, experience, inexperience, experience. Mm -hmm. But yeah, as you say, no matter... If someone's missing or whoever's playing, you've got confidence on all these guys, which is fantastic. And the guys themselves are very confident as well. And I got a chance to to speak with Sam. Myself and Gary Kingston spoke with him after the game against Chicago on Sunday. So we just asked him about his his hopes for the season, how he feels he's kind of come into the camp, being away with Canada, and also his time away at Brighton during the the off-season as well. So let's hear what Sam had to say. First of all, your thoughts of how you played to, today? I think it's an unfortunate turn of events. I think we we weren't up to our levels, but we were still the better team. Um, 
but it's good to lose in these matches because then you need to know what you need to do to kick on again and obviously we've been winning in Tucson but now it's almost a reality check and we need to get back to the basics come Wednesday. The, the full back positions both left and right it's going to be quite a battle I think all yeah. season with, with all you guys. How, how do you feel you've come into the camp obviously you've been away with Canada um, do you feel that's going to put you back a little step? Or? I wouldn't say so necessarily I mean I came in pretty early after the new year I wanted to get into the best rate possible come preseason. I knew I'd be away with the national team so I came in about two and a half weeks early just to work on one with Paul. Yeah, a couple of us, not just myself included, there's a couple of us, but I figured Robo knows who his players are. He knows what to expect from them and it's just a matter, even if you're gone away on national team duty, he knows who you are. It's just a matter of you coming back and showing your levels again. So I think the manager has faith in all of us. It's just a matter of us obviously showing our faith and putting our foot forward into the starting 11. And he, he's talked when we've, we've chatted for the last couple of weeks that he's wanting his fullbacks to kind of be really attacking this year. Yeah. Seems right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. It's like perfect for you. And having guys now in the box that's going to finish these chances mm -hmm. must get you excited for the season ahead. It does. I mean, all all four of us get forward very well. I mean, you saw Jordan do it for the last God knows how many years in the league, and obviously Fraser coming from Scotland is known to get forward as well as Jordan Smith. He is very his positive attributes going forward. So I think it's just a matter of proving to the manager that you deserve to be in the starting eleven. It comes with proving what he wants, showing him showing him what he wants us to do, and proving that on the field. I mean, at the end of the day, there's so many players that we have such a depth in our squad that. Come game time, if you're not in the squad, you push them in the training session the next day to show them that you can play the next week. But we're all confident. We all want to play. And I wouldn't have it any other way because if there's no competition, then no one's going to prove themselves and no one's going to prove themselves and they're not going to get any better. So I think that's why we have such a good team because no one can sit down on the floor and stand up and get away with it. So it's good. Sam, one of your specialties is that low screaming cross. <laughs> um, is that a technique that, that, that you really have to work on? And, 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 and what are you doing right to keep the ball low like that with some pace on it? <laughs> I'm not the only one that do that. I think if you saw last year when when Jordan played Salt Lake, he, said he played the same ball to Tachera. So it is a technique, but we do countless hours on the pitch. Always after training session, we do about 10, 15 balls. And that's what the gaffer wants because we don't have we don't have the tallest players in this in the in the league. So. Mm -hmm. We kind of have to put the ball on the ground <laughs> because we're not asking Tachera to head the ball in at the back post. So, I mean, we adapt to what we have. Yeah. And yeah. Now we have people like Blasperos who can play the ball high as well, so it's good to have. That, that's right. I was going to say you do have a couple of different options this time around, right, this yeah. season, yeah. Um, it, you know, you, you had that chance early last year, yet you ran with it for a while, mm -hmm. um, and, and then Jordan took over for the rest mm -hmm. of the season. Um, do, do you... Do you look at this season as as an opportunity to to maybe win a bit more of, of, of playing time? And have you sort of set? I, I wonder if you internally you set a goal for yourself. Say, okay, I, I want to make sure I play this many games. Yeah. Or do you do anything like that? I mean, if you didn't set goals as a footballer, then you wouldn't be playing football. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, everybody wants to play and play as much as possible. I want to play every game as, as much as possible. It's not going to happen, but I'm going to try as hard as possible. At the end of the day, it's just. I had a bad luck with injuries, but injuries happen. I've talked to the manager says, look, these things are going to happen. You'd rather have it now than when you're 35 and you're looking for a club. So it's good to get these things out of the way. But at the same time, it's about being mentally strong and proving to the gaffe each training session that you belong to starting 11 and you do belong to keep playing. So I think all players, we have to keep our heads down and focus on the task ahead and obviously make sure we get into that starting spot. But it's not easy.
there's so many players here and there's so many that didn't even play today. So you do what you can and you make the most of what you get. As a guy who likes the attacking side of the game and getting forward, the, the, the options that, that this team has this year and the talent mm -hmm. in the Bolanis and, mm -hmm. uh, and Akudo when he's healthy, mm -hmm. uh, how intriguing is that to you? I mean, how, how almost, exciting it, is it? It's almost scary <laughs> because we have so many different qualities. Yeah. And this is probably the, the biggest squad we've had since we've come into MLS. I mean, if you look at Bolanis today, you can see how... He said wonderful leaders on the ball. I mean, and all of us are not even we're not match fit yet. We still we still need to get fitter and fitter. So it's scary. Masala didn't even play today. Blas only played about 15, 20 minutes today. So there's there's so many different possibilities for each match that it's almost it's almost scary because you still look at we still have young players like Kians and Bustos and we still have there's so many attacking quality players that it's it's dangerous. It's dangerous and scary and it's it's good for us because. We go into every game, even if we go into every game with a different plan, we have the players that can, that can accompany it. If we want to go in and maybe sit back and look the counter, we've got someone like Blast Perez we can look to, we got someone like Otavio we can get in the pockets, we can even... There's just so many different qualities that we have that it just comes down to finding the right path for the right game. So 60-plus goals out of this team this season is... I think it's so. It's got to happen, eh? I think so. I think it could have happened last year. Could have happened the year before. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if everyone scores five goals, then we're looking at a hundred goals. So. <laughs> I mean, like, start tonight. The, the way that you and like Kians and Bustos when he came on, the, the way that three of you link up because you know each other so well. I asked Carol about that. And he said, "Yeah, sometimes that has to factor in the fact that you guys are familiar with each other." You just look so comfortable playing together. Well, keep in mind that we've been playing with each other since we came to Vancouver. So. Those kind of bonds are going to build up over time, but I feel the same way when I'm playing with Kakuda as well, that we're really good friends, but it's crazy because we're all coming from the academy and now we're all able to play on the first team together, and with that chemistry, obviously, you, you create chances. I mean, you get away with certain things that you wouldn't get away with playing with other players just because we know each other so well, but it's exciting to play with these players because you play with them for so long and you obviously want to play on the highest tables of all with them and bring them along, so I really enjoy it. I'm sure they enjoy it as well. You were down in Brighton, uh, well not down in Brighton, you were over in Brighton, mm -hmm. how did you How did you find that, because you were obviously over at Liverpool and Rangers last mm -hmm. year, how did you find being with a club like that, who are quite progressive and are like, mm -hmm. looking to, to be on the rise? No, it was really good, I mean, I compare them to Vancouver because they want to push and they want to do this, that and the other end. It was, an, it was a uncomfortable situation I was thrown into because I was going by myself and obviously I didn't have anyone to talk to, but it was good because the gaff is all about throwing yourself into uncomfortable positions and coming out strong. I mean, if you're not able to do that, then how are you supposed to play in front of 60,000 in Seattle? So I really enjoyed it. It was a very good club. Um, I credit to them. I, they're very good people. They took care of me very well. But there's also a very good relationship with them in Vancouver through Paul Barber and Paul Mullen, who was also working with BC Soccer at one point. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. But it was, it was good for me to go there and know what I need to do to pick it up and come back into preseason head right fly and hopefully be able to play in the starting 11 come March 6th. What, what kind of, what's the main differences that you notice trend-wise with the team like that and then what we do here? To be honest, it was it was very, very similar in terms of in terms of how the training session went, what the first things were. I mean, the boys come in, they had breakfast. After breakfast, they were in the gym doing some things that we do here in Vancouver, such as prehab, and then they're on the pitch. And the sessions are very, they're very serious. I mean, these boys have to win because at the end of the day, they need to go up or they go down. And there's so much money that's involved, and it's a very high-pressure environment. And you can see that on the players' faces when it comes to the training sessions because 
they want to play and they want to win and they want to play in the Premiership. But that's, that's the main goal for Brighton. I believe they can get there, but it's just crazy to see the difference because there's no relegation here in MLS. So there's, you're not. I would have said that you're not worried about losing, but you're not worried about losing and getting relegated and then looking for another job and things like that. So you can you can feel the high pressure environment, especially in the stands when they're losing or things like that. I was able to watch them. They were losing three nothing before half, and then they ended up winning four three in the second half. And but you could see the jubilation on the fans' face. I mean, it's, they only get twenty five thousand, so similar to BC Place, but. It was loud because you can see how much it means to them because they want to go up in these games. Every game is very important over there, so it was just very intriguing to see how that works. I mean, Liverpool's a, Liverpool's a very good club, but you can never really see them getting relegated. Whereas in Brighton, it's not they're looking at relegating, but they're looking at promotion. So it was just very intriguing to be a part of that atmosphere and know what it feels like to be in that environment. It's great. Thanks, Thanks. so much, Sam. So that was Sam Arakugby there. Some very interesting stuff that, that he talked about and yeah, a lot, lot of big choices for, for Robo ahead. One other thing about the left back, the choice at left back, I wonder how much it's influenced by the formation but also the, uh, the squad selection on the same side of the field just further up. So is Kakuda in a place where he's going to be starting and does that, does that mean you want Jordan behind him? Or does that mean you want Sam behind him because they've already shown this preseason that they can link up very well uh, on Christian Tatera's goal, for example, uh, some really quality build-up play. So I wonder how much the left-back decision is in relation to what this left side of midfield is going to look like. And the other thing that we've seen with Sam as well is his link-up play when he's on the pitch with Kian's froze and Marco Bustos as well. And I mean, we talked about it there. It's phenomenal. The three of them, they know each other so well. They've been away with Canada. It's definitely some, some tough choices ahead. They're all going to see minutes this year. It's just, I guess, keeping them all happy and, and keeping them at the top of their game. If they're not playing, you have to imagine that they're really going to be pushing hard in training as well and playing hard and fighting hard even during the training. So so definitely a, a few thoughts ahead for Robo as to what's going to happen in the fullback situation. Sam excited and looking forward to the season there. So let's hear what Robo has to say about Sam. And also, just to start with, he's going to kind of just give his thoughts on the fullback battle and the headache that he has, a nice headache to have for this season in those two positions. Yeah, I think it could be. You know, and what I tried to do is I tried to mar up, a, um, you know, in every position, I have two capable players and then, you know, scatter around a couple of other younger players then from 20-odd to 25 on your roster. and I think we've done that. You know, in some positions, there's two young ones fighting, Fraser Ed and Jordan Smith. You know, two younger boys fighting in the left-back. Jordan and Sam is a veteran and a younger guy. So, you know, I play the guys that I feel are right for that game, but also in form. So, you know, that is a... You know, if you, if you go on Sunday's game, 
you know, I think both fullbacks were arguably the best players in the game. And you go yesterday's performance, and you know, you can argue that again, both fullbacks are up there in the top players again. So, what I like is that no player is going to actually give away their spot. And you know, if you get that chance to play, you got to make sure you continue with that shirt and don't give it away because you work so hard to get it. And that's what I've said all along. I'll try and do competition for places all over. But you could be right. The two fullbacks could be the most intriguing decisions I have. How do you view him going into this season? Because he started so strong, uh, strongly last year, and uh, and then suffered that um, suffered that injury. Where, where do you see him kind of uh, fitting into things this year? Again, he's you know he's got to fight Jordan Harvey for that slot because you know we all know that Sam's a very talented young player. You know, he, he's been on the MLS roster now for, near, I think, three years. And, you know, Sam, what Sam needs to do is try and find a consistency within his play and the ability to deal with disappointment in his game because everyone goes through a loss of form, everyone goes through injuries, everyone goes through um, disappointments of the manager leaving you out. And it's how you react. You, know, you either roll your sleeves up and, and fight and get back in or you... You know, you feel sorry for yourself, and unfortunately, in professional sports, the people that feel sorry for themselves will get the ones that you know are the ones usually that miss out. So, I think Sam developed a lot last year, not just from when he played the first eight, nine games of the season, but also when he was out injured. And I think he appreciated how hard it was to try and get in the team when he came back because Jordan Harvey wasn't giving up his spot. So, same same will happen this year, no doubt. You know, they'll both get their opportunities to play, and you know, on some. Some weeks he'll feel on top of the world and other, other weeks he'll feel not so on top of the world. And It's about how you deal with it, but you know, a prerequisite is you work as hard as you can. You give everything you can in training and then it's down to the player to perform. So he's right in the mix at the moment. Obviously, uh, as Perry just asked, it's going to be a very difficult decision I'll have to make, but it's a good decision. Believe me, I prefer to have that decision than not have a decision. What, what does, he, does he add in terms of, I suppose, just he adds a lot going forward? He does, yeah. He's, obviously, we know he's athletically very good. He likes to join in the attack. He's, he's got great delivery when he gets in those areas. You know, the defensive side of the game he needs to probably improve on. Uh, his recovery runs is, is a little bit of know-how within the game. You know, he's going up to challenge and, and you know, we, we show all our players some video clips after games to try and see so they can see it visually uh, as well as through communication and you know the the old the experienced players are able to use their body very well a la Blas Perez yesterday in yesterday's game and you know he, he sometimes gets nudged under the ball where Jordan Harvey doesn't because Jordan knows how to use his body in certain scenarios and that's stuff we've got to work with with Sam over a period of time um, but if we get that right then we know we've got a super young player on our hands so you know, there's, there is areas that he needs to continue working on, but there's also areas he needs to continue to flourish, like the attack and play that he, that he has. You've, you've got some uh, some variety now in terms of the, the forwards and attackers available. Do you think that will, will benefit him in, in terms of his development? Facing Sam. a guy like Flas Perez in, in training, facing a guy like uh, Masato in training? Without a doubt. You know, we, we've got good players in the squad now, so... You know, our training intensity and our training levels uh, have, uh, have increased significantly, which you do with good players. And you know, the best experience for players playing on a Saturday is playing with good players during the week, and we certainly got that. So it will be, you know, during the week he gets a lot of experience and a lot of advice, not just from me and my coaches, but also the players. So you know, it'll do him, it'll, it'll do him good, not just in the short term, but in the long term as well. So you know, it can only help. Do, do you have? Oh, a- 
could go ahead, sir. Get one final one in there. Uh, do, do you have any reluctance at all in playing, uh, you know, Sam and Fraser on at the field at the same time, both being uh, such young players and, you know, the back four being so vital? Will, will that hurt maybe the chances of both of them being on at the same time, or, or is that not a relevant factor? No, not relevant whatsoever. So Rob there just talking about the, the fullback situation and Sam Adekugbe. If, if we looked, if I was to put you on the spot now and I was to say, what do you think the starting lineup is going to be for this Montreal game? Obviously we know it's going to be outstead. My back four, I'll give you that first. I'm going to have Aird, Parker, Waston and Harvey. So this is what I think Robbo's going to do or yeah. what I want to do? No, what, what, what you oh. think it's going to be. And you, can, you can say what you want as well. Yeah, so I would agree with you. I would agree with you on that back four. I, I probably would put Sam, but I think Robbo's going to put Harvey. And, and David Usted will be in that. Yeah. So we've looked at the defence. What do you see then for, for the outfield players? How do you think that's going to line up for Montreal? Who's going to take these other six positions? Yeah, this is, uh, I think, the more tricky thing. And hopefully this is something that tomorrow's match will give us a, some more insight in, into. Um, assuming Matias Laba is back in camp and good to go, obviously you can't see us not having him in, 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 not having him playing. But then well, what do things look like around him? Is it going to be the four, is it gonna be more of 4-1-4-1? Is it going to be the 4 2 3 one is going to be some shape of four four two, which would be really exciting, and might be really surprising for Montreal because they—I don't can't remember the last time they saw that from us, and I don't think they're expecting that from us. But yeah, I think Matias will be on the field. I think uh, Pedro Morales will be on the field. Uh, I think Octavio Rivero will be up top. Uh, I think if he's good to go, I think Kakutamane will be on the left. And uh, Christian Tichero will be on the right. And then my guess would be that last spot would be Christian Bolaños. Um, that, that would be, that would be my, my guess at this time. Yeah, I, I just have a, have a sneaking feeling that Kikuta's not going to make it. He was very heavily iced when he came off the pitch after playing Portland on Wednesday and trained lightly today on Friday. So we'll kind of see. I, I think he'll miss out. I don't think they'll, they'll risk him for the opener. You saw it on Wednesday with Kikuta that he's definitely... The injury's not right. He's definitely injured. He's definitely playing through some pain, I guess. But he's just not as fast-flowing. He's not as free-moving as the Kikuta that we know. And I just think it would be a big, big risk to to start him. And and it's going to be a chippy game because first games of the season are usually quite chippy. So it would be a big risk to do that. And it's Montreal. I can kind of... I think if he plays... Bolanius is maybe going to play the number 10 role and we're going to have Pedro playing back beside Laba. If Kakuta can't make it, I think we'll probably see Bolanius on the right, Teixeira on the left, Pedro playing the number 10 and Kian's froze back there mm. beside Laba. Although there's Debbie Flores as well, but I, I think we might just see Kian's there. I think it's a toss-up between Kian's and, and Flores. I, I just have a feeling he's going to start four two three one again, um, and we'll just kind of have to see what happens from that. So Laba is basically the only guy that's 
probably you can definitely lock in for every game. Ousted being the, the guy in, in defence as well. Actually, mention it, Ousted, we haven't talked about the goalkeepers. It does look like Paolo Ternaghi is going to get re-signed. So then you have to kind of wonder what the future maybe holds in store for Marco Carducci. And you have to see him maybe getting loaned out for the season, either possibly in North America, maybe even looking at some European options with the contacts that they've got now. Yeah, um, I love Marco so much. Like we've seen him, I feel like we've seen him grow up, you know, and through the residency. And um, he's a young keeper, so he needs things like patience, and, but he needs games. And so whatever can bring that for Marco, I think, is a good thing. He needs to be, whether it's here, USL, or, yeah, maybe on loan or something, he needs games. Um, he has a good attitude, which is, which is important. Uh, I think he has a long-term perspective of things, but he, he needs to be playing. Uh, and so... Uh, let's hope something gets worked out so that that can that, that can happen. But you're right. Uh, it looks like Paulo might be uh, returning, which is great because Paulo is like incredible, an incredible professional, right? Like he great attitude. Uh, he he wants to be playing. That's why he didn't intend to come back because he wanted to go somewhere he, where he where he would would play. And I, I just don't think the options that – and he, ha, he had options. The options that he had I don't think were as meaningful as, uh, as what returning uh, to Vancouver would, would bring. And so it's good to have a, have, a, have a person that you know that you're comfortable with, that everyone knows and everyone appreciates in, in, your, in your dressing room and uh, excited to, yeah, to see what happens there when they finalize everything. But uh, a lot of – great appreciation for Paulo and, and, and what he's brought to our club. And a, a lot of players wouldn't want to come and sit on the bench, but Paulo knows what the role is here. He knows he's going to get minutes probably in the Canadian Championship and the Champions League as well. Had the clean sheet against Portland. He's a solid backup. I, I'm happy to have him back. And that then frees up Spencer Ritchie and Sean Melvin to kind of split the minutes at USL level. Paolo will get a few games down, down there as well. And I'm talking as if I'm assuming Marco has gone at least for the season. A guy that we could have had, and of course we didn't, was residency graduate Callum Irvin. Now, Callum, homegrown guy, the Whitecaps could have brought him in, could have signed him instead of Sean Melvin, but it was a mutual decision to let him go and look at options elsewhere. He went into the draft, was given a senior contract by MLS, and you kind of have to feel that really went against him because any club that then took him in the draft had to give him a guaranteed contract and a spot on the roster, taken up an international spot, the way that Canadians are counted. So it was a tough ride. He never got picked in any of the four rounds. And then you're kind of wondering what, what the future had in store for him. And what the future did have in store for him is he's ended up on trial with Chicago Fire. And I got a chance to, to speak to Callum on Wednesday night after Chicago played Minnesota down here at the Portland Simple International Tournament. So we chatted about a number of things, his time at Kentucky, that whole draft thing, and what the future might lie in store. So let's hear now from Callum Irvin. Down. 
first thing to, to ask you, Callum, how, how did you end up here at Chicago? Well, um, basically, you know, with the whole draft process, um, things didn't shake out how, how I planned um, or how I planned it. Um, and Chicago was a team that was interested and had been in contact with my agent kind of throughout the draft and after the draft and um, had expressed that interest and um, wanted to give me a look. And so I was grateful for that opportunity to come and do a camp after the national team and be able to kind of get right in with an MLS team and see what it was like. So Now, got a touch on the draft. It surprised everyone, I'm sure, yourself as well. The way that Canadians are treated in the league, do you feel it ended up going against you having that guaranteed senior contract I mean it's tough to tell realistically um, I knew going into it that there was natural restrictions on um, me being an international player and everywhere except for Canada Um, so I knew that coming in and I knew that um, it would take a lot for a team to to take a chance on me as a a goalkeeper um, where they had to commit that early in January to uh, to a roster spot Um, so it's it was it was surprising but it also wasn't surprising for me and I think you know it could have had something to, to, to do with it, but um, it's not something I can really control too much. So it's, it's kind of just um, deal with it um, and see what happens in the future. You know, I'm, I'm happy where I am right now and how training's going. So um, whatever opportunities come up in the future, whether it's for Chicago or someone else, you know, um, I'm just I'm grateful for any opportunity. And your time at Kentucky was yeah. fantastic. You were winning so many honors. Is it weird now to be away from there after four years? It's definitely weird. You know, at times, I, I, for the most part, when you're busy, you don't think about it. But uh, in my downtime, I definitely, you know, it's, it's crazy how the time has flown by. And um, looking back on those years, I have a lot of memories to look back on. So um, it's crazy that it's over, but it's, it's also a nice feeling that it's over because now I can try and move into, you know, what, what everyone at Kentucky's dream is, to try and play pro. So. And like with the Whitecaps, like we've just signed Sean Melvin. Yep. Was it a case that you just you didn't really want to come and play USL or you saw that there was so many folk ahead? Like David Ousted's not going to miss a game unless he gets injured. Yeah. Is it things like that that played into your decision that you didn't want to come back to the cap? Um, I think it was just, you know, it's, it's like I said before, there was kind of a mutual agreement. You know, they, they, they like what they have. I think they like they see Sean in a very um, high regard and I agree. He's a great goalkeeper. Same with Carducci and, and like you said, Ousted and... Um, I think that they were they were happy with what they had, and uh, looking at that, you know, I, I understand the professional game, and I understand that um, they're going to have their own opinions, and so I was happy to be able to get an opportunity to move on and to move away cleanly, because I know that a lot of clubs could have tried to offer me something to maintain my rights and then kind of lock me up, but the Whitecaps didn't do that to me. They, you know, saw what I wanted, and they and I saw what they wanted, and they, they let me do what I wanted to do, so. So... Coming from the college game now yeah. to training with the pros, obviously you, you've trained with the Whitecaps in the summers, but mm-hmm. how have you found like, the difference in training, the whole regime standards? Is that a big, big difference? I know some of the other players mm-hmm. in outfield find it tough, yeah. but is it tough for a goalkeeper? Um, I think there's definitely just a lot of pressure on the goalkeeper. You come, you know, you're in college and you can get away with some mistakes here and there in training. I'm sure the field players say the same thing. It's not the same level every day. You know, there are days in college where you're having training and everyone's flying and it's great, but the consistency isn't there like it is in the pro game. So as a goalkeeper, you join into these games and they expect a lot. They expect you to be commanding, to be loud, to be confident in all your decision making. And when it comes to being at the pro game, you got to do that a lot quicker. And as a goalkeeper, if you make a mistake, you get punished oh, yeah. most of the time, right? <laughs> yeah. So so basically, you know that that pressure's there and. Um, um, 
you definitely have to be mentally strong, I think, to transfer from the college game to the pro game because they, they, they expect a lot and you need to expect a lot of yourself and um, maintain a high standard of play. And whether that's service to a goalie like Sean Johnson, who's a great keeper, um, you know, you want to make sure the other guys are getting good service as well and good training, so you have to keep yourself at a high level at all times. What do you feel you're needing to work on to kind of make it now in the, in the pro game? A little bit of everything, I think. Um, you know, generally, I, I like to think I'm pretty good with my feet, um, but I need to be more commanding and more decisive in you know decision making, coming out for balls, um, and just reading the game. Like I said, it's a lot faster. You know, cross balls coming in, making the right decision to come off my line or not. Um, so I think it's just seeing a lot more reps getting more training sessions in with these players, seeing shots, seeing crosses, all things like that, um, and I'll feel more comfortable. But, you know, it's always a physical, um, you want to get physically better to compete with the guys. It's something that you can always work on and then just um, mentally being strong and with the communication. And just very last thing, you had just had your first senior camp with the Canadian yeah. national team. How was that whole experience for you? I mean, it was unbelievable. It's something that everyone um, playing in Canada obviously looks towards it you know you want to get called in for the senior national team and it's something that I had been thinking about but just never thought it was a reality for the until you know maybe I got some pro games under my belt or something like that but they they gave me an opportunity and it was unbelievable training with the guys um, everyone's great there, very professional high level of training really enjoyable um, and I think I definitely came away uh, from it um, a better goalkeeper even just experience wise well, that's great. Good luck with everything. I yeah. hope you really make it here. Thank that's you. Keeper, so you just made a decent save. So why do you feel the need to rant and rave? Screaming at defenders makes you look dead stupid, especially when they haven't done much wrong. Please cease the trait. So Callum Irvin there enjoying his his trial time at, at Chicago and, and looking forward to, to what the future might hold in store. Yeah, Callie's a great guy and uh, it was great to support him and, and follow him uh, in his residency days with us and he has just had such a great experience at the University of Kentucky, uh, I think both uh, on the pitch and, and off the pitch and um, yeah, just long for the best for him and so we're hoping hoping he gets a deal somewhere and that uh, again you know like with Marco we're hoping that he gets playing time gets gets to play somewhere and and continue to develop and progress yeah wish him well whether it's Chicago or wherever he ends up and I I still have hopes that we might see him back as a white cap again one day so just before we wrap up the show just a couple of the news nuggets I guess of the week Masato Kudo has missed most of the the pre-season camp down here in Portland with a an unknown injury. He arrived on Wednesday. Isn't due to play, though, in the last game against Saturday because he's still getting back to match fitness. Still a bit of a mystery as to exactly what's wrong with him. So let's hear a little bit now from Robbo just, just talking about that, that kudo situation. No, he won't play on Saturday. It'll be a bit too early for him. He started running yesterday. Um, probably next week he'll join in training. So uh, no, no game on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I mean, is it unrealistic to expect him to be fit for the season opener? Uh, there's no such chance he could be involved. Um, but again, no, I won't take any risks with him if it means delaying him for a week or so. But if he doesn't make, doesn't make the first week, he'll certainly make the second week. Just wondering about Masato. It was a medical condition. Was it anything serious or just some kind of ailment? It wasn't anything serious, no. Um, but obviously it was a... 
a small procedure that he had to have, and um, he's got over that now. So nothing, nothing too serious, but one of those little annoying things. So hopefully we'll we'll see Kuro back on the pitch soon and challenging Rivero for the starter spot and, and seeing what he can actually offer the team. And from one striker that's trying to get back fit and featuring the team to another striker that might be away, which is Darren Mattox, the, the rumoured scuttlebutt about a move to China seems to have fallen by the wayside. But I think there is a good chance that Darren is going to be moving on and announced to Pastures New next week just before the season kicks off. Again, a strange situation. Robbo didn't have any more updates on it when he did a conference call on Thursday. Let, let's just see what, what, what he had to say about Darren, first of all. Uh, no, nothing to update on. Obviously, we're, we're in constant talks, as everyone keeps you know, saying. They use the cliche line. Or, you know, it's no different with us. We're, we're talking, and obviously, we know certain windows are shutting very soon, which is why we're obviously receiving a lot of phone calls, but... Um, no, nothing, nothing new has materialised in the last couple of days. Carl, is there any chance that uh, Maddox will be brought back into the team here in the next few days to at least uh, be training before something is done with him, or no? Uh, no, there is a possibility, yeah. I'm um, in constant communication with Darren, to be fair. Um, but I allowed him to have a couple of days at home with his with his partner and his newborn baby, so that's fine. I'll probably speak to him later tonight uh, and see where we are. But will uh, will he be back in in the fold for Saturday? Probably not. No. Um, but if nothing happens, then obviously I'm sure we'll, we'll all see him next week. So Robo, there leaving the door open for for Matic to, to come back to camp next week. You have to think it's 99.9 percent unlikely, though, Zach, that he's gonna. Yeah, from everything I've heard, it, it'd be surprising. And I think for for Darren, it's like a, he's beginning a new chapter of his life as a dad, and it's probably a good like a good time to like you know uh, begin uh, his uh, next chapter of his football career in pastures new. And uh, yeah, I, whatever whatever happens, I hope all the best for Darren for this coming season. So we'll see what lies in store for Darren. Just over a week now till we see what lies in store for the Whitecaps for the new MLS season. We're excited here. We're going to bring you our top coverage throughout the season on AFTN, as we always do. But that's it for this episode of the podcast. Just before we go, Zach, just let everyone know where they can find you online. Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, Zachary AM, or at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of a movement called Curva Collective, at Curva Collective on Twitter. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff, AFTN.ca, away from the numbers. I'm also the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com, so watch out for all my stuff on that. But until next time, as always, thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the Caps. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the World Service of a Saturday afternoon, freckly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons... On the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for Dad, Mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?